Dixon Jane's podcast, a 901. Oh my god. They're going to have to go to a thousand. Ooh. Gee, there goes a, uh, a little racing car right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm a simpleton. Uh, just a beautiful little MGB. Number 14 painted on the side. I don't know if it was racing or what it's doing out here in the uh, camping area. Anyway, there's races going on, but I'm sitting uh, on the uh, at the back of the road track just to get out of the wind. Fierce wind all weekend. From the time we arrived yesterday, Friday, till now, uh, 2 in the afternoon. It's died down a little, but just a wicked wind. And uh, it's just part of the excitement and the fun of being in Mossport. I had an excellent day yesterday. I I won't drag you through all the things. I don't make notes as the day goes on the way Kenneth does when he's walking so that he can remember. Um, But I'll recall some of it, I guess, in a while. Meanwhile, just taking stock. Where are we? All right. Uh, Cliff, Nova Scotia guy, has headed off across the Moog Bridge with his Leica camera gear. And he's determined to get to Moss Corner. It is quite a walk. I would not be able to do it. It's, a, it's up and down hills, cross country. Uh, because this particular weekend, they don't have those free little shuttles that uh, I used last time uh, with so much excitement to uh, to get me to Moss Corner. Um, I guess it's not a big enough event. I don't know the rules or how they do things around here. Uh, a lot more people came in today than yesterday, just for the Saturday races. You know, a lot of nice cars that are lined up all over the place. Uh, good races, um, at, as usual. You know, what can I say about the races? Uh, it, it's always fun for me hearing the big cars. Like there's a race uh, this morning we watched with a couple of Corvettes, dirty big old Corvettes, and by God, the noise they make when they go down the hill into corner two. Just, just incredible. Uh, and then some beautiful old Ford Mustangs and uh, just a range of cars that are neat to look at and to listen to. And that's part of the the whole deal here. These are, this is Varak, the vintage races. They've been going on for 50 years, I guess. Uh, a lot of really old cars. You got These are the ones, the old MGs and uh, Triumphs. And uh, and the great thing with Mossport is how accessible it is. You just walk into the pits and you talk to anybody you want. Take pictures of their cars. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time yesterday with a guy who has a, uh, gosh, I think it's a, uh, oh, I was going to say Plymouth Barracuda. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> car you don't see many of, and he's a guy who just just recently gave up motorcycle racing, decided to try his hand at this, and uh, didn't have sponsors or not much of them, doing most of it on his own, and sure enough, he was out in the track today holding his own, really 
putting it down. Just uh, good racing. Guy just gets the excitement the way most of these people do at a racing. Cliff has driven this track, raced this track. He took a training course, I guess, for BMW drivers. Um, I'm learning a whole lot more about... Uh, did I say Chris? I meant Cliff. My buddy Cliff, who I say I go back to grade 11 in uh, high school, um, when we all started hanging out again through Glenn, through the mutual friends that we talked about in the Dixon Jane zine, how we all got connected. Um, but we are also very different. He spent his life devoted to uh, government service, worked for the National Parks Board, and is in favor of rules and regulations because a lot of people are misbehaving and spreading hate and I guess in reaction to what's happening in the states and I'm sort of waving the banner for freedom of speech and let people say what they want you're not allowed to hurt somebody physically or you know throw rocks at a mosque or a church or anything else but you can speak your mind without somebody checking every word that goes out there yeah. So we, we kind of, we just had a, a pretty um, real difference of opinion, but did not to the point of, well, we're not going to be friends anymore. That would be kind of silly. No, just uh, different outlooks. But we're good enough friends that we can actually argue it without any hard feelings or uh, retreating into our corners. You know, we just carry on with another conversation. So it's been good in that respect. Um just a different experience for me sharing the road track with people but uh, I should get used to that because I'm probably going to be sharing this road track this summer with uh, Deb and Brent it's looking that way we got a date for uh, when to meet up in Halifax towards the end of August which means I would be still around here for the MMPR that's happening in August I thought I was going to have to miss that one but probably chances are I'll still be here. So, that's uh, it's always fun. Not going to pull out of it yet. Looks like uh, yeah, I won't have to hit the road till, uh, yeah, towards the end of August. Anyway, that's ahead of us. Let's get back to where we were last night. Um, I dug out. I had one half of a cookie left. These are the cookies I bought on a reserve that <laughs> I've had for a few years, I know. But uh, So it was a half a cookie, and I gave half of the half to Cliff, and I took the other half, meaning a quarter of a cookie, and my God, did I get high. I was buzzed. Uh, I wasn't even able to handle the smoke, you know. I mean, I had had a little bit tokes, but uh, no, I was just high from this cookie. Kept me going all night. Uh, on top of which, of course, I had a Caesar to start the first drink, and then a beer, and then we went down. We heard the music. And then a band, and I thought, eh, okay, it's hard to say they're good or not good, but we went down and joined the band, and the singer for the band was actually a woman who was racing her car today. So she's a, a race woman race driver, and there's not a lot of them here, and was the lead singer to this band who were really good. They just kept cranking it out. It was kind of a freebie, because there's a band tonight, but this was sort of organized by a, a group of people. So... We get down there. I'm, all, I'm already. I'm high. I've had a talk. I've got some beer into me. Yeah, I'm here fun, and I know that they're been sponsored by a brewery, pub, Publican House, I think. And I want free beer, so I asked this 
woman. Everybody's holding these cans of beer. I said, how do you get a free beer? She said, oh, you just go up there and help yourself. He's got these big, you know, bathtubs full of beer. But you got to dance. And I'll film it. Everybody has to, if you want a free beer, you have to dance. Across the dance floor. And I was just high enough that I took it as a challenge. And I said, come on, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You got to get out there and dance. I said, oh, yeah. And I just grabbed my two walking sticks and I went across. I don't quite know what I did. Got into the middle of the floor and like I'm walking like the the sticks are out sideways. And I I really, there's no other term to describe my appearance other than spastic, spastic behavior. Like arms flailing these sticks going in all directions. I'm looking like I'm going to fall any minute. And I somehow get my way across the floor towards the the bins and dip down and hold it up to show everybody and I stick it in my coat pocket. Well, if I'm up there, I'm going to get two of these, one for me, one for Cliff. Meanwhile, Cliff is in the circle, the audience. This is So I'm right at the center of the dance floor between the band and... Uh, there's a ring of people watching the band and Cliff sees me up there I'm wondering what the hell is Bull doing up there like god is he drunk or what like he can't figure out why I'm looking so weird on flailing away on the dance floor he didn't know I'd been challenged to go up there and get the free beer so that, that created a bit of a scene it, it was funny uh, maybe not so funny in the retelling but at the time and you know I, I played it up full because I was just in that zone so anyway I come back to my two beer Standing there, and I figure, well, standing is not much fun. And I see this big table right behind us. Three tables sort of forming like a U shape. And um, some guy's sitting near the bottle of scotch at the table, and I see an empty chair beside him. I'm not going to stand here when it's an empty chair, because I'm in the groove, man. I know what I'm doing. I'm cool. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to get a chair. So I just walk up and... Uh, I don't know what my opening line was, but he teased back, and we had a little bit of a repartee going back and forth, a little joking, so almost, yeah, I'll let you sit there, but I'm not so sure about this arrangement. Well, I just dug in and uh, got my beer and sat there, and suddenly I'm enjoying the band a whole lot more. I can see them from here, and it turns out this group of people, because two other people come out now, and I'm chatting with all of them, um, they're sponsoring the woman who's driving and so we're surrounded by both their racing cars are right there so I'm sitting at this table with the people who are sponsors who have got two racing cars side by side right there where we're sitting and they're the ones who arranged to put on this band so this is the head table and I'm telling them hey thank you very much for uh giving me this prime seat here so I'm just in my element I just it was just not a better place I could have been. And meanwhile, man, I knocked back the first. This woman who I befriended says, can I get you another one? Sure can. Off she goes. She's not going to dance. She just goes up to the can and uh, to the bathtub and brings back a couple of beer. So I had another three beer there because she got me another one after that. You know, and I, every time somebody offers a beer, I'm not going to say no. So uh, I was I was pretty damn well buzzed. I'll tell you, by the time I got back to our uh, cozy little road trek here. Did not sleep much last night. Thought I'd need a nap today, but I seem okay now. 
So there's a, a little bit of an update. Boy, it's so boring in the retelling, eh? Like, yeah, big fucking deal, man. But I got to tell you, I was really feeling my oats last night and, uh, and glad of it. Like, glad, hey, letting loose. Yeah, I'll have another beer. Why not? And, uh, yeah. So, here we are. And now here I am just sitting while other people are lining up the various points to get their vantage point for the race. I'm just sitting back at the road trek, catching up on the podcast, and uh, not sure if I'll actually move anywhere. Trying to feed uh, the Nova Scotia guy. He's not much of an eater, so this morning all he wanted was a coffee. I said, well, I'm... I'm not ready to make the call. Make coffee, but not just not just yet. Well, he sees a stand down in the paddock, so off he goes and comes back with a coffee and a muffin for himself. I didn't want one, you know. He offered, but uh, you know that's against my rules of camping. No, you don't pay five bucks for a coffee and a muffin. But uh, anyway, eventually I made him uh, mac and cheese in the microwave and uh, heated up a sausage, so we're all good. We've had food. I got way, way too much food, given that he's such a small eater. And uh, then he sees, oh, there's an oven-fried pizza. Maybe I'll have a pizza. Hey, man, I just spent 120 bucks in the grocery store buying food for this weekend, basically. And you want to go and buy a pizza here that takes care of the meal? Well, go ahead if you want. But, God, I'm going to have to charge you something for the food, whether you eat it or not. Anyway... All is good. I'm feeling kind of chill the way I, I do when I come to Mossport. I, 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 it's a love fest. And it, it is, like the people I talked to last night, the sponsors, those people have been here forever. By the way, the couple I was sitting with at that table, they spent six years navigating the world by sailboat. Like, they just sold their property and got up, and somebody said, well, you got some money now. Sold a business, I guess. Why don't you get us a boat and sail the world? And uh, they did. And they just kept on going. So they've, they're quite interesting people. Quite a story they had. And uh, so, anyway, that's all part of the fun of Mossport. Uh, meanwhile, here's a, here's a reverse story. Guy pulls up, um, looking like he's from Toronto. And I don't know, that, that's not a very good description, but no, he was coming across like he's from Toronto. Coming across like he was somebody from Toronto who normally the default is don't like him. And I had a very strong disliking from this person from the minute he showed up in his car. I thought he was just, he had some agenda. And he parked kind of, you know, in our way. And I said, you know, I got this road track here. We got a view of the open tracks. So maybe you could just back up. Oh, you want me to back up? Yeah, I think I'd like that. Yeah, maybe you could back up a bit. How about here? Yeah, maybe a little more. Well, how about here? Well, eventually he backs up. Then he gets out his tent, and he puts it between his car and us. So he's like 20 feet from us. Like, this is an open field. This is why I love it. It's open space. This guy's going to put his tent facing us, because we're sitting outside by the side of the car in our chairs. He's going to put the tent right there. And I start, I'm high at this point, and I start making some funny comments about, you know, I used to kind of like this open field view I had. I, you know, he said, well, is it okay to put the tent here? And I'm answering back things like, you know, I'm thinking maybe not. You know, maybe maybe it's not a good, I don't know if I really want to be looking at your tent all night. 
and I'm getting, and Cliff is laughing and thinking, Ken, you're, you're being pretty rude here. And I wasn't being rude. I, I was under, I had the whole thing under control. I was getting rid of this guy. And by the time I had done, he had re- unpegged the tent that he had put right in front of us and moved it completely to the other side of his vehicle away from us and uh, out of our space, out of our face. Like, I got rid of him. Fuck you. No, I don't like you. Didn't like you from the moment you walked up. And uh, sure as hell didn't want you invading our space here that, uh, you know, we came early to have. And you're, he was here for the first time ever, didn't claiming he didn't know the rules. Meanwhile, pestering us with questions. Didn't like him at all. Got rid of him. Very rude, uncharacteristic behavior because so often I'm talking about how wonderful all the other people are that I meet. But in this case, geez, I was just making it very, very clear. You're not welcome. All right. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I should bring this uh, microphone a little closer to the track so you can hear. But the the cars are going... Oh, there goes the Volkswagen again. Yeah, maybe should. It's really hard to keep... There's such a mix of races. Uh, it's okay when you know the, you know, the... The 1600 cc's, okay, they're all the same. Well, no, they're not all the same, but anyway, it's a category. But they're mixing here a range of vehicles, all kinds. And um, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting, but really hard to keep track of who's in because there will be several races within each race, right? They're all on the track at the same time, but there's maybe four different categories, so you don't know. You can see who's in front. But they're in front for their category. Somebody else might be eight cars back, and they're winning their category. Anyway, they keep track of that. They all, all the cars have transponders. It's all done scientifically. All right, I'm gonna sign off. Scarborough dude from uh, once again from Osprey. I got to make a decision. Do I come back for July first holiday? I don't know. I didn't buy a ticket yet, but uh, it's gonna be a Chevy event. It's gonna be loud and noisy. It's uh, Canada Day. Would I want to be in Mossport for Canada Day? There's going to be a fireworks show. There's going to be a party. Does anybody want to go with me? Should I go with another friend? Cut the cost down? Scarborough Dude, signing off from uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Bye for now.
the bell but uh, we're not going to do that I'm not going to it is Sunday morning Father's Day 2022 uh, and welcome back to uh, Mossport I guess in between races right now it's quiet uh, well the noise you do hear probably is my generator uh, that problem I had with the uh, propane fridge or the fridge not working on propane started again yesterday. I think the wind blew out a pilot light. Uh, that's my theory. Somebody else, a few people agree with that theory. But I don't know. I have no idea where there's a place where you light, relight a pilot light. I don't think it works that way. Eh, there goes a Sunbeam Alpine. Some of you will know what that is. Many of you won't. Very nice. This is just a, uh, you know, a, a fan car. God damn, it's nice. Oh. I might have even been wrong on what car that was. Could have been a Triumph, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Um, So we were up talking till 3.30 last night. Um, There was another party. Now, I relayed the events of um, Friday night and could not top that. It was just a blast. And uh, it was a howler and it was a let loose. Uh, Yeah, I was howling to the band and uh, it was good stuff. But last night there was a party, but we went down to the pit area where the last one had been and realized, oh, no, met some people. No, it's not here. It's way up that hill over there. A lot of people were driving to it. Well, there's no way I'm driving a road track in in the park to get to a party. No siree. Um, But decided it was too far to walk. It was a cold evening. We would have been standing around hearing a band. And we had had our free beer and our drinks and overdid it last night. So uh, we came back to the road track. Too cold to sit outside with the fierce wind we've got here. So sat inside um, because um, I didn't want to run my generator at night. So we sat in the dark. I had one candle handy without, you know, digging out the others. So lit the candle and uh, just sat there in the darkness without music. Morning. Beautiful day. Except for the wind. Enjoy your day.
Sorry. Oh, there goes that MGB again. Oh, two M- two red MGBs. They're looking at each other. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. One parked right in front of me, right behind us. Howdy. Guys, we, 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 last, <laughs> last night I made them stop this car, this particular MGB, with a driving because I wanted to take a picture. I was also a little bit high. And I had this frame, this view, with the sun shining down this dirt road that I'm facing now. And every time a car went by, I'd sort of try and grab a photo and, or just miss it. And uh, Cliff said a very wonderful thing for me to me. He said, you know, you and... Um, me and Mike Hiles, the other guy who got me into photography, the other Leica fan. So I have two Leica fans, you know, diehard Leica fans. And the other one said, the one thing Ken is very good at, he, he's, he's a photojournalist. He sees these moments. And, uh, boy, that was high high praise. And I, I felt very good hearing that. And realized, yeah, because I was seeing as something would go by. I was seeing the light. I was freezing the subject in my mind for a second. So when this MGB, I made the, you know, I waved and uh, they stopped. And then the rover went by, another picture that I posted of a 1960 rover. We were trying to figure out what kind of car. We guessed every British car possible. Riley, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember all the names. And then we came up with everyone and then we, until we found out from the owner. Anyway, he backed his car up so I could get a better picture. I asked him, I said, no, I want to frame it with this Jack Pine. So he puts it in reverse. And uh, grab that one. Anyway, little things, friendly people. We had, I remember I, I told you the first night, I drove somebody off. I just did not like this man. I did not want him anywhere near, <laughs> camped near our site. And by the next day, he was gone. Uh, it just had to be done. Another guy driving a uh, Road Trek 210, well, not driving, his nephew's driving, came over and said, do you mind if I join you? And he almost looked like this other guy. And you'd think my reaction would be, no, you know, yeah, I do mind. But no, he went and got a chair and came back, and he was uh, heavily involved in the racing scene and building kits. And we had a conversation about AMT model car kits. Not many people you can have that. Well, yeah, there's a lot out there. But the chances of finding one as a starting point. And, but then he went from there to the technical part of real cars, which he moved on to, designed for racing and, you know, boring the, you know, the cylinders and these new heads and, yeah, all the tech stuff. And that's when Cliff tuned in, because Cliff knows all that shit. Cliff's having his uh, TR4 rebuild completely the engine. So, bam, they get into it. So it was, it was a conversation where there was the other guy wanted to take from us, had questions and had nothing to give. This guy had a lot to give. He even got out his computer and showed us. Uh, he was a mini fanatic. He had built, you know, dozens and dozens from the sounds of it, special high-performance minis. So um, that was a good talk of real racing, and, and it's the, sort of the flavor of Mossport. People know they can just walk up to anybody. Uh, except for the first guy the first night who was here for the first time. <laughs> and I got rid of him. Uh, anyway, good good fun. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a good weekend. And I'm very, very glad Cliff was able to make it up. He just, you know, showing up Thursday, leaving Monday. Short visit, but enough for this. And it's been good for him to get out of his uh, rural Nova Scotia country house dwelling and get up here. Not much time for the big city, but uh, good chance to catch up. A guy who's uh, done well, a career public servant, retired with a nice pension, very different from my picture, 
Um, but we've been friends since um, high school, since grade 11. I used to tease him a little bit. I know, I know I threw his books out the window once. Anyway, I was a jerk. I guess I'll, uh, I'll end it there. Uh, kind of a, you know, I haven't... I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know why there's no races going on right now. Um, and no announcement, but that's okay. Soon there will be, and uh, I'll be off to find some vantage point to watch a few more, and we'll be leaving, going back to Toronto today at some time. I, I definitely want to drive before dark, that's for sure. But uh, not much more to share with you, and um, other than uh, each of the people I talked to, we, we talked about this sort of this spirit of Mossport. There is something very special here, a vibe we were thinking if this was in America there'd be a lot of these guys I'm looking at pickup trucks now and trailers there'd be a lot of you know AR-15s and you know heavily armed people there's nobody no thought here of violence of shooting although I imagine there's a lot of hunters here you know from this rural area but it's just a calm pleasant friendly safe environment and it, it really Stands out as that. It's something that people just know. It's like a little little secret. People know. Yeah, come here. It's a good vibe, and uh, people are friendly, and your stuff is safe. You know, There's, the the camp down there was a, there was a time when this became just a party place. It was for small towners to come out and just get really whooping drunk and you know burn down things and so on. So they. They crimp down on that. You got a pretty good gate, I guess, in keeping people. You got to be a you, know, you got to pay for the coming here, but very reasonable when you consider the overall package and the whole feeling. But for me, it's the open space. Like I spend all my time just sitting in the sun while you got sunshine on Mossport, enjoy it, and feeling that sun beaming down on me. And I, I love the view I have now is a view I've had every single time like where I'm sitting right now I'm looking at the two tunnels where I was stuck the last race if you heard that podcast during that terrific storm I'm looking at the paddock over on my left where we've wandered through a few times where you just walk up and take pictures of the cars and talk to the drivers and mechanics and uh, more of more of that so I'll be uh, probably be heading down to the pits again today that's always always fun always just need to see to hear the cars and whatnot Scarborough dude a happy dude he yeah just I feel just very glad I came and very glad it uh, it worked out and uh, very glad I've got my uh, buddy with me and I know he's very glad that he took this on just the only thing is I over budgeted and over bought for food I want tons of you know frozen stuff and now my freezer is off so I uh, I'm gonna have to be very careful about even though the fridge is cold what food we uh, eat and toss so uh, there's a okay, yeah all right don't stop there buddy don't stop there. I gotta parade. I gotta patrol this a bit, like a dog, too, letting people know. No, you can park there, but not there. All right, signing off. Bye for now. Mike Steplock. This is uh, for Fog Tom.
spot here, and I'm really happy with it. Entirely new viewing spot. Just coming out of corner one. Bit of a straight heading down to uh, under the Moog Bridge. Anyway. Ah, there goes the Cougar, the Mercury Cougar. I'm cheering on. Another Mustang. Buckles are nice. Is your play by play. Oh, portion of Mustang. And a bit. Oh, another Porsche. And then a sleeper. 45. Another beautiful team Mustang. Fastback. This view is great. You just, ah, I love it. Can't take pictures. They're going much too fast. I always end up, just, there's a blank. There's no car there. The different sounds they make, the different vehicles. The Mustangs really roar. They're loud. And, and the Corvettes, just their own sound. a little higher pitch. A Mazda. See if you can pick out the Corvette when it comes by. That's the Cougar. Another vet. All right, I'm going to shut this down and just want to give you a little sampling of uh, what my morning is after a toke. After a toke. Damn fine morning. Damn fine being here at Mossport. I'm fucking telling you. This place is just fucking fabulous. Oh. When they go by the threesome, you hear the combined sounds. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Very close. I can see my road track from here. My spot. Same spot every year. Claimed it, licked it, stamped it, farted. Special shout out to Pen- Penelope. I don't have many female listeners for good for good reason. Hello, Penelope. On the other side of Lake Erie. Oh, that the cougar, and it's just a guy who's just hey, he's just doing this. Just got his racing license. This is his first time going around Mossport this weekend, and he was a guy I talked to. Very nice guy from a small town. 
should go to Shannonville. I said, where's that? Quebec? No, 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 no. It's, you know, on the way to Ottawa. Maybe not far from Napanee. I don't know. Another racetrack. All right. Bye-bye. This is one of those times when it does hurt. I did a very, very thorough, very thorough explanation of something that happened at the end of this weekend. And the record button was not on. And I could never, ever come close to recapturing. Because I was, as I was telling the story... It was it was new to me. I was I was letting the words come out to sort of explain. Oh my God! That honestly, sometimes sometimes it is so what. I was just babbling. This was not a babble. This was a really clear explanation of uh, <laughs> the reason for and the outcome of me telling my Nova Scotia friend that he talked too much. And I just don't think I have the, uh, I don't know, I, I don't. I just don't think I can open that whole damn thing up again. So, the weekend ended on the Monday when I drove uh, the Nova Scotia guy back to uh, Pearson Airport. Just before that I reached a breaking point and uh, called him out on his non-stop talking and... Uh, <sighs> Now I almost have to go into it again. Jesus Christ, I don't want to do this. Here's the summary. I was examining whether the reason, was it really that he was talking too much or that there wasn't enough talk about me? And I was feeling a little bit undone. And I went on to whine about the fact that my good friends, who I've known, you know, 50 plus years, going back to Lachine days, none of them listen to my podcast and don't want to. And I'm okay with that, but I think really what I was still looking for was some kind of uh, recognition on, well done, Ken, oh my gosh, 900 episodes? Good for you. Uh, and, you know, I don't get that. And, uh, God damn it, eh? Let's move on. Anyway, I, I, I tried to make amends and sent a text later that maybe I'm just becoming a grumpy old man and... Uh, because I think he was he was um, he was kind of put out by it, but then again, that could be one of his character flaws. That uh, he's a fighter. He wins fights. He wins. Uh, he's a fighter. He's competitive. He's very competitive, and that's 
There's a reason for that, and it's a strength, and he even explained that and where he gets it from. Um, and I guess I, 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 had, I felt I had to push back a few times this weekend, uh, which is what you have to do with, uh, with friends to keep the relationships honest. And uh, that's why I finally made the call when I reached sort of the end of my limit. Hey, you haven't stopped talking since you got here. And, you know, it wasn't quite like that. But I was talking about the things he wanted to talk about, and uh, perhaps I wanted to talk about other things. In fact, that is what I said. And it wasn't just me, but it would have been me, my life, my what it's like to live in Scarborough. Uh, he lives in a very... I would say almost restrictive environment, uh, you know, on a farm on a hilltop in rural Nova Scotia. And his circle of friends is, is you know, I'd say fairly limited. He has traveled and done a lot. He's been to international conferences all over the world uh, on, um, you know, studies on environment, environmental management and so on. He's involved in interesting projects. It's just I guess I heard enough about the interesting project he was working on and didn't want, didn't want to hear anymore. God. Uh, the other thing in my introductions that I had to talk to about uh, Kenneth, and maybe I'll jump right on to that now, um, it's sort of me responding to Kenneth responding to me responding to Kenneth. That's what this is. So uh, if you don't know who Kenneth is, I've mentioned several times, he's a man who's marching his way, sometimes up to 50 miles a day, walking across America, uh, from somewhere in Maine now, uh, to um, going to get to, uh, you know, the um, the tip of uh, Florida, um, Key West. So... <sighs> Um, I had mentioned, I guess the, I ended episode 900 in a little bit of depression. I, I was at, a, I really hit a low note and I was even said it was a crazy place to end a podcast, but I was depressed. Today I, I've woken up with very little energy and, and feeling almost in a similar mindset, uh, plagued by all the things I have to do. So at the end of that podcast, number 900, I said I was worried about him, and he was saying, what are, you, what are you worried about, the amount of how much weed I smoke? He doesn't smoke weed, he just takes these gummies, they're a very minor percent, he drinks at the end of the day, um, and I guess I made it sound like almost parental, like, oh my goodness, you got to take care, be careful, out there in that big bad world, and he wants to know, why, what is it? So, Kenneth, this is what I'm, uh, I'm going to say, um, and I'll give an example uh, when I was at Mossport, and I mentioned this, uh, I guess, previously, uh, I got really buzzed up. I got, I, I busted out the 50% THC gummy bear, gave half to Cliff, and I took half, so 25%. Normally, you only buy them for 10%. Um, so I got very high, very buzzed, in, in, a, in a groove. And uh, then, of course, a few drinks into that. And then went down to this dance and uh, gathering in the paddock uh, at Mossport to to hear the band and uh, to get the free beer because it was a publican alehouse who was um, handing out beer. So I get down there. I know I'm repeating part of this story, but anyway, I um, asked some lady 
who's holding a bottle of the beer. What do I, what do I have to do to get to get a free beer? And she says, you got to get up and dance. Dance. you got to get up on the dance floor there. And um, I was buzzed enough that I said something along the lines, oh, yeah, you want to make me? And I did it like she's going to say, yeah, I'm going to make you or something. You know, I set something up in motion. And then I immediately, you know, loudly got up on the dance floor with my two walking poles that are beside me now and put on some kind of a show. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, Cliff is with his camera trying to take pictures of the band and he sees Ken in the middle of the dance floor acting very, very strangely and is kind of dumbfounded. Oh, my God. Is he drunk? What's going on? And didn't know there was beer up there and then finally sees me bend down with my two poles and swoosh in and pull up a bottle of beer and stick it in my pocket and then swoosh down again and pick up another one and then make my way off the dance floor in, in a swishing movement. Now, it, it I pulled it off perfectly and I would not have treated that for anything and it goes down. I mean, it was it was, it was legendary. It, it really was. I mean, because I have said on previous things, well, I'll never be dancing again and here I am with both the poles flailing away like mad. Um, but I only did that because I was so far on the edge. I was just right at that tipping point. And, and I could just as easily have got up there and fallen flat in my face because that very same day I, I stepped out of the men's washroom, started walking and did a nasty three point landing, cut my elbow, hurt my, my fingers still sore. Um, I just fell just, you know, lost my footing. I could just as easily have you know gone face first down on the on the ground and, and made a, a bigger scene than the one I made. Fortunately, the gods were with me, and uh, that didn't happen. But I, I guess I'm pointing this out because you, you know, at the end of the day, Kenneth, when you're either with your buddies or whatever, you really like to get a good buzz on and let it rip. And I think that's great. That's fun. That's exciting. That's that's something I've done most of my life or tried to. Live on the edge a little bit. Get out there. But there might be some situations where you got to be a little more careful. And I guess that's what I'm getting at. I'm thinking not about that at the end of the day with your buddies in a hostel, whatever. Whipping it up, whooping it up. Um, but when you're walking down the road and somebody comes up and wants to walk with you. And I'm going back specifically to the story of a man who followed you all the way into your home in Atlanta, Georgia, like into your home, disappearing into your washroom, where I'm sure he was jacking off, uh, because at the end of the day he wanted to show his boner. And I know there's nothing, Ken is as straight as they come, Kenneth, I mean, um, nothing nothing leaning the other way on, on him. Um, but he was just in his friendly, open manner, allowed this person to follow him. And I'm just a little worried that there's, in America today, there's a lot of weird people. There's people with guns. There's people, and I don't know that they'd be out. The people with the guns aren't necessarily going to be out the ones walking. But you're going to, you may attract some very strange people and some who could potentially be dangerous or decide at knife point they want what you have. And I'm not trying to, you know, I mean, that's a terrible thing for me to say. But that, that's where my concern is coming from. It's not you doing a gummy and having uh, enjoying your beer and wine at the end of the day uh, at all. That's not it. It's who you may encounter 
on those roads by yourself or when you decide to sleep somewhere by the side of the road and um you know you're 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 putting yourself at risk and and that's that's really that's all there is to it um I've got down here, and now what I'm admiring about Kenneth is that he's uh, he, he's saying what he is doing is he's putting an emphasis on his shamelessness. He basically is trying to be who he is, and this is the goal for all of us. But not many people make much of an effort into that game, and Kenneth is is playing all his cards. He's he's going full into this. You know, he's up in the ante. He's already up the ante. He's betting heavily on, I'm just going to be me, good and bad. I want I want people to see the dark side of me, the good side of me, um, and, and hence the, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to hide uh, who I am. I'm going to try to be 100% who I am. These are his words. I want to be the most pure version of myself. And this is so admirable. And Kenneth, you're way ahead of the game on me. Um, I think my me telling <laughs> the Nova Scotia guy, hey, you're talking too much, was a, a, a little effort in that direction of, okay, I've had enough. Um, I, I need to say something here. Uh, but very, very often I pull back and let things go and think I'm taking the higher road. But in fact, I'm not being true to myself. And I think I'm actually getting better at this. Uh, I'm, you know, with a little more confidence, a little more, you know, I'll say what's bothering me. So, Kenneth, you say you are putting yourself out there. You certainly am. Uh, He also says, I can't imagine the person who will emerge in Key West. If he's already, you know, been at this 100 days or something, um, and he's being this new self each day, um, yeah. Who knows how, where he'll get to, what we'll find at the end in, in Key West. Um, this period, again, quoting Kenneth, is the most growth I've ever had in my life. And I think that is, that, that, that's, this is incredible. This is the purpose of a journey. It isn't just to say, I walk the Appalachian Trail, which, uh, you know, he has done one in, you know, nine-tenths or, you know, something like that. Um, but He's on a, a journey to find himself, to be himself, to express himself. Um, I will put on my worst self on display as much as my best self. I will not hide. Excellent. Um, I'm just saying you've got to, no matter what you're doing, there, there is a time in life when we have to trust our inner instincts. We've got to go, okay, what's, what's I'm getting a signal now and this is telling me something. A caution, a warning, an unease, something isn't quite right here. And we always have to, we can never uh, obliterate or completely block off that message center um, to, for our own safety. And I'm just saying that that's it. You've got to be aware that there, there may be times when you have to be a little more circumspect and a little more, okay, well... What's happening here? I'm not sure I really like this person. I think it it all got triggered by the first walk of the guy who walked with you for quite a while. And um, it was made a very engaging conversation, a wonderful piece of podcasting. My God, uh, you've done a lot of those. There's some good podcasting in here, boy. Um, but it was also, I found, very disturbing. Like, whoa, he's just one of the many, many people you're going to meet 
as you walk the roadside on your way to Florida. Okay, I think maybe we're done. I feel better about that than I do about the story of uh, of uh, Cliff checking to make sure the goddamn thing's recording. Um, yeah, so I, I felt a little, but I felt, you know, well, maybe, you know. I, I mean, I, I said what I had to say with regards to uh, the Nova Scotia guy and uh, whether it's whether he wants to hold a grudge. Uh, probably not. He thanked us. Um, I'll be seeing him, of course, this summer when I go to Nova Scotia end of July. It looks like, by the way, I probably won't be in um, Nova Scotia until... Late, late July. August. So it looks like I'll be able to make the um, MMPR gathering after all. I'll probably leave right after that. That's what I'm thinking. We'll see what happens. And so I, you know, hope we get a little uh, variety in our turnout. Okay. So uh, I'll just, I guess the, oh, that's it for my notes then. Yeah. Um, I'm haunted by... The, one of the reasons I'm really bothered today is... I have things to do, and I just didn't feel like doing anything. My road track, there's a, a, a tree beside us that just drips this resin, and my road track is covered in that resin. It should be washed off. I should get the hose out today. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just adding that to my list. Buy washers. Fix. Tap. Oh, that's got to be the very first thing I do. Um, because I can't use, remember last time I talked about all the, the buckets of water coming out of the leaking faucet. So today I will take that apart. That'll be my, that'll have to be my first job before I do anything. I cannot wash the road trek until I repair that. And I have no excuse. That's not too big a job. That means just taking it apart, seeing what size washers we need and, uh, and trying to mend that. If I do that, I will feel much better. Um, I'll, I, I have to read through the, the rest of the list just for, uh, uh, I guess so that you know what's eating at me. Order mufflers for my Olympus recording. Well, that's an easy one. Just go on Amazon and look for mufflers. Uh, repair the chair. There's still, I have this chair that I would love to have for camping, uh, and especially if I'm going to Nova Scotia this summer because it's got the side pop-up table. It's the most useful chair of all. I don't know who could repair it and how. But it's sitting in the back seat of my uh, Toyota. I've got to get that done. Get eyes tested. Uh, I'm overdue. I haven't had an eye test since before COVID. I really should do that. Uh-oh. Power wash the deck, number one. That's not too hard to do. Rent a sander. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder for a, for a four-hour period. My son said he'll do it and get all the sandpaper and everything else we need to um, be able to uh, sand the entire deck. God damn. Uh, but that'll be for Daniel. Uh, buy the stain for the deck. Get my wife to pick the color. I've got a brochure. And uh, then the work of actually staining the deck. And that means getting out all the supplies and the rollers and what else we need to do it. So it's a huge job. It has to be done this summer. It has to be done before I go away. Uh, get the Road Trek gas igniter fixed. So again, this weekend we get to uh, uh, Mossport, and suddenly the um, fridge is not working on gas anymore. So I'm running it on the house batteries, and of course they just die down. And then I got to boot up 
the generator, and then at one point during the weekend, the generator wasn't working, either because the batteries were run down and wouldn't start the generator or something. Now it's charged up. The generator works fine. But it means I don't have a good system. People who have, um, you know, these um, things that collect the sun, solar panels, uh, on their road trek to charge their house batteries. That's the way to go. But that's a, a very expensive proposition. It involves wiring and drilling and lots of things. And I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, normally, when I just go to a, a campground, I plug in and I'm fine. So uh, I, I'm not going to make that solar change. But meanwhile, I want to be able to... The propane gas is the best way to run the fridge when you're parked without electricity. I need to make sure that that damn thing works, and I don't know how to do that. Um, if I go, and well, if I go, when I go to Nova Scotia this fall, uh, I think it might be three of us riding the road trek. I've already had a weekend with Cliff. Uh, in another two weeks, Bruce will be coming, Barnacle Bill, and we'll be camping together. That'll be a second testing. And then when I get to Nova Scotia, Brent and Deb and I are going to be driving. So I'm, I'm very excited about this summer that the road trek is going to get well used by other people, that I'm actually sharing it. And uh, that's a good thing. But uh, if we want to do camping, we're going to have to get a tent because there's no way three of us will sleep in that thing. And uh, I've already volunteered to sleep in the tent if Brent puts it up for me and takes it down. So, <laughs> see how he feels about that. But meanwhile, i got to test the tent. i got to have a huge tent in the um, uh, garage. I, you know, I'm not keen on more crap to throw into the road trek, but um, I think it'll, we'll, we'll have to do that. And I don't want to buy a new one. And finally wash the road trek. So there's, there's my list. Um, I feel better having read it. At least I made a list. I'm not doing anything on it, but at least I made it. Um, okay. So I think that's it, boys and girls. Um, oh, a lovely note. I just posted a picture of my mother and father, a very rare picture that I took. My, both of them are smiling. It's a, it's absolutely stunningly beautiful picture. It's on my Facebook page, uh, Leet Father's Day. And uh, Michelle Sullivan, good friend from Podcasting Days in Montreal. I see both of you in them. How nice. And what a lovely and loving-looking couple. God damn, that's nice. I'm so glad I did that. So I got to hit the love button to show Michelle I appreciate what she said. That's what we do on Facebook. Scarborough Dude, ooh, 21 minutes. Uh, I'm going to end this here. I, I think I've covered what I had. I'm feeling a little better. I just needed to get by. Honestly, to sit this close by the water, I like Ontario, feel the breeze coming off it, uh, under the shade of the um, the weeping willow here. It's just a very good feeling. So uh, there we go. Scarborough Dude signing out once again from Bluffers Park. Uh, take care, one and all, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, if you listen to 900, thank you for coming back for more. Bye for now. Ding, ding. Chick, chick, chick. Good day, folks. This is a uh, an extension. I, I'm already have a full podcast of one hour, but I'm going to tack on another uh, ten or fifteen minutes. Um, I give myself permission to do that, and uh, you can decide. Oh, it's too long for me. That's fine. Some of you are fast forwarding anyway, so or double speeding, triple speeding. Yeah, it is um, Thursday. 
June 23rd, and I am sitting in my backyard, where I have never podcast from, from this exact spot, in an old camping chair that seems in pretty good shape. I don't know why it wasn't in the van. I've got quite a collection of camp chairs. <laughs> you can never have too many. Uh, but, damn it, the one I want repaired, the one with a fold-out table, um, that is still in the back seat of my Toyota. Um, I've, I just don't know where to take it to have somebody sew up or fix up the seams so that I can actually sit in the damn thing. It's uh, just useless without that. If you can't sit in a chair, it's not much good. Uh, and as a table, I already got a table. Broke it in on the, at Mossport, the new table. So I've got camping gear. And at my feet right now is my tent, or one of two tents. I've got a great big family tent that I think was only used a couple of times in a box. My God, I should be selling that or should have sold it 20 years ago. It's, um, I don't know what kind of shape it'll be in, but it's in the box. Got all the parts. Um, I guess it's places you can donate them. Anyway, I've got my uh, tent, the uh, kind that, the dome-shaped ones, and you got these four long poles that collapse, and uh, you string them through the slots on the tent and uh, next thing you got a great little tent there that you can just pick up and move to a different place. Um, but I can't get down on the ground and put the poles in. So I'm waiting for my son to uh, come down and help me because this is uh, this will go on the road trek when I head off to the Maritimes this summer so that uh, so somehow we're going to arrange to take turns sleeping in the tent. Um, today was a prep day. So this this is one of the many things on my list. See if the damn tent still works. See if you got still a fly. I've got the fly. Everything that's here, all that's missing are a few tent pegs. And those you can easily buy in a Walmart or wherever. So uh, that's not a problem. But first I've got to make sure um, the poles are all working. It looks like they are. And that I can erect this thing. Uh, the deal is, it will go on the road trek, and for a good part of the maritime tour, I'll be sharing my road trek with uh, Deb and Brent. So it'll be a threesome traveling, and then at uh, nighttime, if they're not staying in a cottage, you know, and I'd stay in the road trek, and if it's a campground, I'd probably volunteer to sleep in the tent, give them the road trek. Um, and we'll work out some kind of a financial arrangement for all of that. Like maybe them paying the gas or something. I haven't, we haven't worked that out yet. We're just at the beginning stage. So today was my day to, to get off my ass and get things going. And it was going to start off with me just giving this little girl whine. But I can't fix anything. Nothing works. When I do things, they always break. Uh, and I do have a number of things that need fixing. Um... The seat I mentioned has come loose in the road track. I see where the problem is, but it's almost physically impossible to put screws back in in a certain place. Anyway, you don't need to know the details. Um, I can see what the problem is. The seat's still very functional, but it would be better if it was tight uh, against the bathroom wall. And it's uh, one of the screws has come out. And uh, yeah. Okay, so I did what I could do. I, at least I know what the problem is. Uh, when I'm around somebody handy like Brent, I might say, okay, let's take a look at this again. Can you see another way to fix this? And uh, Brent is uh, a handyman, so uh, 
that might be a solution problem. Um, the other thing was propane. Well, the propane, when I was at Massport, Mossport, it, it stopped working. And I'm, I suspected it was the wind blowing it out. And I thought, oh, God, to take it into a dealership, you know, they, they just nail you. And I, I, I'm trying not to spend money unnecessarily. Uh, so just now, I um, unplugged the electric. It's plugged into electric in the house to 110, but it still runs everything, the microwave, everything else. The campsite you want 220, but here it's 110, it's fine. But I unplugged it, and I had it set to automatic, and the fridge automatically went to gas, and it's running on propane now. It, in other words, it's fixed. I didn't fix it, but... As suspected, I think the wind up at Mossport, that ferocious wind, blew out the pilot or whatever, and maybe they have an igniting system, and the wind never died at uh, at Mossport. And now that it's back in my driveway and maybe gone over a few bumps, who knows? Bumps sometimes help fix things on cars. Uh, it's working. So that's a wonderful bit of news. And here's the big story. Um, the other day, I, I posted a tweet, so some listeners to the Dixon Jane's podcast. Also follow me sometimes on Twitter and, uh, you know, Facebook and other places. But on Twitter, I posted a picture. I'd just come from uh, Home Depot and I had bought washers and a uh, an elbow joint for the leak that is in the garage tap. It's been a problem for a long, long time. Um, I connected the hose to it, uh, tried with my son, we got on the elbow, connected the hose, and it just continued to leak as badly as before. So I thought, okay, okay, I, I tried, I made an effort, I went through my list of plumbers, who can I call? And then today I said, no, try once more, dude, try once more. I didn't say dude, I think I said Ken, okay, try once more, Ken. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, try once more. And uh, I did. I took everything off and it's okay. I think the problem really is on the hose end, not the tap. So, of course, I turned the tap on with this new elbow joint attached, screwed in, and it's not leaking. It's coming out the faucet, but it's not leaking from the where the elbow joint attaches to the tap itself. Good, okay. Then got some tape, put it on the new elbow joint, of the you know the special tape, we have at least four rolls of this stuff because we've tried fixing many things before. Now I'll buy some. Now I'll buy some. Anyway, taped it up. I, no, first I did a test. I actually took just the nozzle and screwed the nozzle onto the elbow joint, and it didn't leak. I said, okay, so the leak is in the hose somehow. So anyway, I applied some uh, of that tape and refastened the hose. And lo and behold, just the smallest of drips. Before, it was if you ran it for any period of time, it just, uh, you know, it filled a bucket of water in no time. Today, there was just barely a few drops. So I feel very good about that. Now, who knows, tomorrow it may uh, decide to be a gremlin and uh, and not work again. But uh, as of now, right now, so I got out and hosed down Sal, the road track, because I hadn't cleaned it forever. I'm not up to doing a full washing right now in the sun. It's not a good time to wash anyway, vehicle in the sunshine. Uh, but um, 
at least I got it moved. I got, I tested the, that, uh, I did whatever I could to sort of make sure the uh, seat was back in place firmly enough to ride in. And, um, that's about it. And then I thought, well, now I've got to tell my, uh, my listeners that, uh, hey, I think I fixed a couple of things today. And uh, that feels good. Or, you know, they fix themselves. Hey, come on, give me credit somewhere. So uh, we still have to do the tent yet, but uh, my son is up now. And uh, so that'll be the next thing. And uh, that's it. I'm still I'm looking forward to the camping trip with uh, Bruce when he gets to... Uh, this part of the world from Vancouver for uh, coming east for a family gathering in London, Ontario. And, uh, gosh, oh, I had some notes. I had some notes. Hang on. Uh, nothing about um, Kenneth. So we've, we've covered Kenneth. We're done with Kenneth for a while. He's officially on Route 1 now. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, really, of his next trip. Ah, it's Brian's 75th birthday today. And here we go. Um, I, I mentioned, I guess maybe I'll just finish off. I, I went on a bit about how I felt a little bad about complaining about uh, Cliff talking too much and sort of wrote a sort of a, you know, a kind of an indirect apology. You know, I guess I'm getting grumpy. And he wrote back, I don't recall you complaining about my talking, but just about various points of debate. Because we debated, you know, about the freedom of uh, who's going to control the Internet, you know, who has freedom. So that was kind of nice to hear. I don't recall you complaining about my talking. Hmm. And I thought I was pretty, I thought I was pretty clear complaining, but uh, maybe I'm not even good at complaining. Okay. And the other thing... Um, Brian, uh, this is where I get into the girly stuff, like I'm a teenage girl and I'm jealous of people. You know, Brian is off in Scotland now, traveling with his Chilean girlfriend and leading this life. And it's it's like the warning, you know, you look on Facebook and they're gonna, it's, you're, you're going to feel bad because somebody's doing something better than you or is happier than you. You know, you know the drill. And uh, even my own dentist sent me an article about how damaging it is to young teen girls in particular and preteens. Uh, you know, with increase in suicides from the increased use of Twitter and Instagram and uh, not sure about TikTok, but the other things, it is really working on people's self-esteem. And boy, can I ever see that? Because like suddenly you're seeing posts of somebody else doing so well. Oh, isn't that nice? And it, it's so ridiculous because here's me. I'm going to be driving through the Maritimes with good friends from 50 years, you know, what, why would why would I ever complain about anything? Why why would I ever want to measure my life against somebody else's? And yet I I do. Um, I've done this thing about fathers. Oh my God! Every other father is a better father than me. And come on, man! It's it's a sickness that I haven't yet got a handle on. Um, and so that's why I'm sharing it with you because maybe some of you do something similar. Um, the beef I had maybe with uh, Cliff, maybe was I'm not getting recognition and maybe I'm using the Scarborough dude to get some kind of recognition. But like I say, my close friends don't know me as Scarborough dude. They know me as Ken and they know Ken well enough. But maybe I think some of them maybe have me frozen with a Ken in the past. Maybe I still am that very same Ken. Uh, but I'm wanting to think, no, 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 no. I know about Zen. I know about things. I've got experiences. I've got a, 
a broader view of the world. I understand things. You know, I'm, I'm sort of wanting to say I'm not that person I was 50 plus years ago. Uh, anyway, you know, I could go on forever just sort of on things that are really inconsequential in the big picture. But uh, sometimes we, we make a big deal out of a lot of stuff. All right, I'm just going to stop there. Scarborough Dude signing off. Oh, and, and, you know, right now, hey, where am I at? Because it seems I fixed the tap and because I got the road track moved and washed down uh, and because uh, the propane is working for the gas on the fridge and because I'm going to get this tent erected, I just feel good. I'm doing things. Some days, here's the deal. Here's a final word. Some days are just shit. Some days you just can't get things done and you feel shitty. And I've had a few of those. Sometimes when you're tired or whatever, your stomach's upset, you just you just have a shitty day. And you got to realize, oh, all right, tomorrow's another day. Scarborough Dude, signing out. Bye for now. Come back next week. Squeak. Yeah, I go my way back in the saddle again.